0: i'm jason klom and this is the comedy on vinyl podcast the year is 1973 the album is occupation fool the artist george carlin my guest adam lissigore thanks for being here at your own friggin Business in I my room, in
1: my office, yep.
0: mm-hmm. in my building. Who is somebody else's building? Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming. One day you'll own the building. Is that a plan? You're going to own
1: the one building. day. I'll own all the buildings. Oh, I had no Jason. idea.
0: Wow, <laughs> you're so <laughs> unassuming. I wouldn't assume that that was your plan <laughs> no, to take over not. all of Los Angeles. No, I'm
1: not going to pivot to real, <laughs> to commercial real estate. In <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So this is one of the this is one of the unusual ones. Few people take this option, which is to pick an album they haven't heard before.
1: Yeah um, And I just And because I'm What did we do last time we did um,
0: we, we basically talked about the, the comedy, comedy radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah AM850 comedy radio mm-hmm. It was really
1: fun um, And I don't often like memorize um, comedy albums or anything like that So And certainly not as an adult I haven't done it in a long time So I just mm-hmm. figured It would be great to just listen and respond to one uh, and then and then talk about it right away. So I asked you for your input. I gave, what did I, I chose uh, like, you know, maybe five different yeah, from Carlin, your staff Yeah, Carlin, Freeberg, I don't remember what the
0: All really good ones. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Muppets maybe, I don't know, maybe not Muppets.
0: They're all good choices though. They're all very good choices. And I guess, I, I don't know if I, did I pick Carlin? Was it a weak choice of mine? I don't know because I, I, I default to Carlin easily. <laughs> I guess it's because I realized I hadn't heard this one.
1: I love this. It's I great.
0: I really, really liked it. And I didn't know that this was like the album where he finds out that he got the Grammy for Class Clown. Yeah, pretty I good. I immediately tweeted at Cliff Neaky. Nesteroff to ask him if he knows who the stagehand was. Because I'll bet if anybody knows, it would be Cliff, Cliff Nesteroff. So huh. yeah, I, I want to find out.
1: He, um, goes, uh, he goes, shit. Because he's talking <laughs> perfect about. Perfect timing. He's talking about Seven Dirty Words, you know, addendum to Seven Dirty Words. Because mm-hmm. there's more. Because this wasn't the album where he drops the original seven. Right, it's the one right after it. Yeah. yeah. So then he, 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 he sort of um, appends new knowledge to it and then um, gets the notice that the girl. Like somebody hands him a note on stage, mm-hmm. I assume. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty great. Thunderous applause. Mm-hmm.
0: Deserves. So uh, this was 1973. Uh, yeah.
1: 1973,
0: this is his fifth album. He's 35 years old. 35 years old, which is like, oh, Cool. Now I'm now I'm a year older than George Carlin was in this, and it's mm-hmm. it feels a little fifth album performing at right. stadiums. Just, you know just what a mean? late bloomer,
1: you know yeah, what? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Spacey didn't find fame until he was 89 years old. Mm.
0: That's when he was in Silver Streak, right? No, nope, he's in. It's not Silver Streak. Which one is it? Um, he's in one of those prior. Yeah. Well, you know, the deaf and blind one. That a one.
1: lot of people. Don't know that Jason Bateman actually didn't become famous till he was in his 40s. I had
0: no idea. It's true. He was 40 on Hogan Family? I'm going to have to check. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be the case. <laughs> you know, as soon as I said it, I instantly realized. Uh, I th- I've been told that the dad on Frasier didn't start till he was 37, so I've got a couple of months. Yeah.
1: There is one... Ca- sort of canonical example of of the actor not making it until Mm -hmm. late in life I forget
0: who it is though it's not Kevin Spacey right somebody Somebody. really good yeah
1: (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones I mean no could be I don't
0: I mean he was pretty old in Farmer's (laughs) uh, Coal Miner's Daughter Farmer's Daughter I really thought it was called Farmer's Farmers Market Tommy Lee Jones in Farmer's
1: Farmers Market
0: Market. (laughs) did you what's your familiarity with Carlin before you picked this I mean besides the basics
1: I mean big huge fan, obviously Comedy Radio AM eight fifty played him a lot, but mm-hmm. I do remember one night some DJ at Comedy Radio left the left a Carlin record on and obviously had checked out. It was <laughs> late at night and then just lots of colorful language oh and then God. I remember hearing the record scratch, like and then this <laughs> DJ coming back on uncomfortably <laughs> saying, Ooh, that probably I would shouldn't I should probably take that one off. On. <laughs> Not that anybody was listening,
0: <laughs> right? The... But how do you know? How do you not know that you've j- just put on a "quote unquote" dangerous record? Like?
1: I know it's Carlin. Come right? on,
0: dude. Maybe that's... he was an intern. Maybe. God, that's amazing, though.
1: Um, so much of this album, though, was uh, so firmly grounded in the early '70s, mm-hmm. and that's what I kind of love about it. You get all those cultural references. Some of it is timeless, but also. I mean, there's, like, there's Nixon references yeah. in there, and there's some political, a little bit of political stuff, but also just the stuff that seems like it might be timeless is, like, timeless stuff that is firmly grounded in the early 70s. Sure. Just, like, the neighborhood guy should talk like this. <laughs> you know, all of his voices are so... And he does many, many voices, yeah. but they're all firmly planted in 1973 because nobody t- talks like that anymore. Right, right. I even noted, that, like, the first voice he does when he comes out is just, like that i don't know if you read mad magazine as Mm -hmm. a kid but you know like the lighter side everybody looked like the 1970s even though it was the the 80s or the the late 80s or 90s Uh, everybody just had that voice like hey man (laughs) you want to go behind the the the, you want to go back there and smoke some grass everybody sounded like that (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not just i'm not sure why
0: i don't either carlin certainly did and it's also and it's the it's also, the fifties, as seen through that same lens, which is very like these. Are, this is the first generation who is allowed nostalgia so heavily. I totally. feel like you absolutely know?
1: Greece and American uh, graffiti and, and happy days. fifties mm-hmm. nostalgia, seventies nostalgia for the fifties. Yeah, big deal.
0: And I, I, I guess it, it never occurred to me that he was like of the age where he might be in a street gang, which is how he describes it, and that maybe that's the case. Like it seems legit. It all seems. 100 percent like just this must have happened.:
1: to him. I' believe it. I don't think there's much pretense to uh, to George Carlin. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would he would make pretend like he was a neighborhood tough <laughs> unless he actually was one. right, which makes me you know, I'm a nonviolent person. Violence mm-hmm. scares me, sure. The idea of like be living in New York City and ha- being roughed up by a neighborhood toughs yeah, kind of scares me. and if one of those guys is George Carlin. I don't know. That, I don't know that makes me feel better about the situation, right? No, I don't think so. Um, I do love, uh, you know, in his nostalgia for the '50s, he kind of goes into a doo-wop thing. He's talking about band, you know, doo-wop bands, and he goes, uh, dip, "Doo, dip, dip, doom, <laughs> doo, 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 and he sings like a whole chorus uh-huh. or maybe two choruses of this doo-wop, and everybody applauds. Uh it's very Sha Na Na. Uh huh. And I loved it, and then. And uh, it rem- it reminded me of this uh, this stand up that I saw Fred Armisen do at um, one of the fests, here, mm-hmm. maybe FYF uh-huh. here in LA. Because he goes on stage and he's very Fred Armisen goes on stage and he's got a like a disc man or something uh-huh. <laughs> in his hand hooked up to the sound system, and he's very much just riffing it like. These are some audio tracks that I decided this morning I'm going to play on stage for you. Oh my god! And one of his jokes, which was one of the best jokes I've ever heard, or best performances I've ever heard, was talking about how back in the '50s, doo-wop at some at that point was as revolutionary and, um, like ahead of its time and just like very punk. Mm-hmm. It was as punk as eventually hardcore punk was sure yeah when it, when that came out so he he wanted to reenact some teenage kid in the 50s hearing doo-wop for the first time and just completely like losing his shit and thrashing and so he and it's like dip 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 and fred Armisen's getting into it and then, and then he get and then it, and it gets to like the you know like there's all that lead up dip 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 and then uh, and then and then it kicks in and, and he's just like full on just thrashing his body around <laughs> Holy the stage. shit. People were losing. Oh god, that's amazing. Good do up joke.
0: <laughs> I imagine you like you like some doo-up, don't you? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have an eclectic taste, but yeah, I I could listen to some doo up. Yeah. But if well. I, if you sing then that's the kind of thing it's fun to sing too. Oh, absolutely. You know. He, yeah, no he said nobody
1: sounds bad because everybody's voice is cracked.
0: Right, right, yeah. <laughs> This is, like, a lot of his early albums do have just so much of this just hearkening back to his really, like, his seemingly super relatable childhood. Like, every, they love the shit out of it. I can't relate to any of it, but I love it. (laughs) Like, none of this is me. I mean, I wasn't raised Catholic. I wasn't raised in a city. Yeah. But it all seems to ring true and seem, I don't know, is there anything that... Do you relate to any of it? Not, or? not at all. No. not
1: at all. Not growing up working class. Not growing up in the in the inner city. Yeah. Not cultural stereotypes, right? Except unless you count Valley Jew as a cultural uh-huh, stereotype. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Certainly, it's like definitely like opposite in every single way mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. his his cultural stereotypes. Um, yeah, but that uh, it's still universal. Mm-hmm. I mean, where I start to like settle into a nice, um, you know. Recognition of his materials when he starts talking about farts, <laughs> <laughs> which is two thirds of the way through. But uh-huh. it's solid material. Yeah.
0: No, I mean he goes, uh, so to speak, he goes on for a long time about farts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit without the
1: mess, and I can't think of another comic besides Lou, uh, Louis C.K. that's done material about farts. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I guess I don't listen to that much comedy. But can Ooh. you think of anybody else? Uh,
0: maybe, but I mean. To do it eloquently is a totally different thing, though. So that's yeah. why like, I'm okay listening to him talk about it. Because I know he knows how dumb it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. There's so much like... I don't know. I guess some people might look at, 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 at what he's doing here as like regression. And that might have been part of the problem with his generation. Although he's <laughs> actually older than the hippie generation just by a little bit. He was a hippie, but he's like still older than most of the hippies like my dad's a hippie but george carlin's like 15 years older
1: right he was old enough to be like fully matured by
0: the time mm-hmm. hippies came around which yeah. means he was not a native hippie he was like right a exactly post hippie, but he switched gears quick and <laughs> yeah. then switch gears again like i i need to listen to all the albums to know when he turns into turtleneck carlin like like to see the actual switch flip besides how he looks how would you define turtleneck well, when he starts wearing the black turtlenecks and has a ponytail, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But other than that, like that. But it feels like uh, I remember seeing the specials where he's like, he's just like a cute guy. He's kind of balding, and he's got like his sweater. And then like mm-hmm. it felt like the next year, he was just like, "Fuck you for drinking a bottle of water." And it's like, why? What? what? I mean, I I get that that's funny because <laughs> what it, year? God, God this I mean, it's this, it's the '80s somewhere, late yeah, '80s, mid to late '80s, and he I just guess. gets hard.
1: That's right. Yeah, because he got pissed off and it was Reagan and it was like, yeah, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the, the timing all makes sense. That's when it fell off for me in terms of like, but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, do you, did you know him from movies first? What did you know Carlin from first?
1: Mm, I probably saw the HBO specials as yeah. a kid, then Rufus and Bill and Ted. Sure. Um, one of the great performances. Of I'm course. not even sure how many other movies he was in, but he owns not a that lot. Movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> great in it. Um, and then you know, rec- you know, simultaneously records on Camdy, uh, and then just being this kind of towards the end of his life, being just this wise guru of political consciousness that mm-hmm. sort of had to speak for a lot speak to a lot of truths in ways that other people weren't yet yeah yeah just speaking to the hypocrisy of everything when it wasn't commercially acceptable to do so yet
0: that's true yeah and i mean listening to this what's interesting is like i was trying to i wasn't actively trying to find a parallel which is nice uh because normally i have my head up my ass about these things (laughs) you know that's fine i know i do it but there's so much of his like trying to find the truth of like these small interesting things in life mm-hmm. that are like, you know, everybody likes farts or, you know, whatever he's talking about or, yeah. you know, breaking down words and what they really mean, which is like the stuff people really like to make fun of because it seemed just innocuous crap. But like that Do same... They, it
1: seems like the smartest, smart the highest form of comedy to me.
0: I, me too. But like that was the thing people, there's this really great video that you should see, which is... On SCTV, which is Rick Moranis doing George Carlin. No way, really? Fucking phenomenal! <laughs> so good. And You wouldn't again. I, I always forget Rick Moranis was such a good impressionist, but like mm. spot on. And he's just doing this. He's just da, 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 just about different words, and it just, it's so. But like, it does condense what he does in a way, but it obviously omits the fact that I think there's some brilliant stuff oh, in
1: it's there. Br- there's brilliance in it, yeah. And yeah. I think his
0: desire to do that eventually to break that stuff down, sort of just naturally evolves into well i'm also going to break society down and explain society to you i'm done explaining farts to you <laughs> or if i'm going to explain farts it's going to be done in a way that's a lot angrier i guess yeah
1: i mean he kind of unlocked the key to um, mundanity and mediocrity mm-hmm. and like he unlocked did i say he unlocked the key you, you don't unlock say, a unlock, key yeah you don't unlock a key that's that's <laughs> dumb
0: And I didn't catch it. That's the worst part. I'm supposed to be the interviewer. You just nodded. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. I knew what you meant. I said something smart. I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He found the key. Uh Uh-huh. And he unlocked the key as well. Yep. In the door to the other key. All of the keys were inside that door. Sure, yeah. But uh, he starts this album off with, uh, again, observations of mundanity of being in an audience at his show. Mm -hmm sort of loosening the audience up by commenting on how it is to be in his audience. And you just, you gotta, you got, you gotta laugh at the right shit. Cause you're you rep, rep, you're representing your row. Mm-hmm. You don't want to laugh mm-hmm. at the wrong. <laughs> the wrong shit. It's so good. And he just loosens them up. And, and then he gets into like office culture for some weird, for some re- weird reason. Yeah. He just like starts talking about, Having a job in the, that first twenty minutes of yours, and it felt very early office. Space mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what his office experience was. I mean, maybe I. I mean, he must have been hustling in his early years of comedy, but it's very <laughs> weird. He's, yeah, he strikes me as a guy who, also by by admission, was high, very high on coke during this uh, this album. Oh, really? Um, yeah, uh. yeah. He had sobered up for Class Clown, and then just falling right back off. He says you can hear you can hear it in this album. I guess I don't. I didn't notice that. I don't
1: I never notice somebody being high on coke unless the, there're obvious obvious signs like sniffing and mm. like being sweaty and talking a thousand miles a minute but but I don't I don't notice it in like in Carlin, this, or uh when people talk about Robin Williams, you know, I right. was exposed to Robin Williams on stage way earlier than I knew what cocaine was, mm-hmm. so so it wasn't clear that he was, he was uh, you know, um, uh, he was altered in any way. Right. Um, huh. Coke, huh? Mm-hmm. So Apparently.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I knew he had a problem, but I didn't know, like, how, like, that there was an album where, in his mind, like, that's... That was, was his, the Coke, work, album. Uh, his, his white Coke album. That was his white album.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, And then he has a bunch of voices. Yes. You know, he does... Uh, an Irish voice that sounds very much to me like Peter from Family Guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he contrasts and I'm thinking oh that's Archie Bunker and then he says and then he does another voice that's, just, that's Archie Bunker yeah. which is apparently a different Irish guy <laughs> in his neighborhood he does a lot of black voices he mm-hmm. does...
0: there's a lot of that in here that's like It's all based on curiosity, though. You know, there's no judgment in it, which I like. Mm -hmm. So you can forgive his cultural appropriation. But he's even talking about that, like a big part of it. I like when he sits there and talks, like he's very honest about like how all the white kids wanted to be black. Like that was just a thing. Yeah,
1: and no black kids wanted to be white. That that doesn't go the other direction.
0: Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a, that's a thing that still plays. I think people would still get that joke. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's just one of the first people to maybe do it. He doesn't
1: say why. Not, not necessarily. He yeah. talks about black consciousness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like identity, identity awareness, identity consciousness. And, you know, you can be called whatever the hell you want to be called. There was, I mean, he's always just been that. Whatever his his political views, views have always been so completely on point. I don't know about ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not aware of the context enough to know whether he was ahead of his time. But he always seem to be saying the most culturally responsible thing you know, in socially so. yeah. socially
0: responsible thing. And I mean it's it's weird that he does I mean he do, there's no because it's not angry carlin there's not as much irony lacing the things he says uh-huh. so it's a little more sincere I think. I yeah. mean I, at least it seems to be.
1: Oh, very much so.
0: You don't have to be a you don't have to go up there as we see with a lot of comics. You don't have to go up there and say uh you know People can be called whatever they want to be called. Like that's a very open-minded thing to say and hard to make funny. <laughs> yeah, but he does. Yeah, it's an important thing to say.
1: Yeah, well, he can say it because it's surrounded by like really rapid, jo- rapid-fire. That's of jokes, true. Yeah, right? yeah. His is, I would say, his is his um, his cadence is pretty. Like almost every sentence is a joke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not like
1: Stephen Wright or anything. Right, right. Um, what was a there was. Oh, well, I just saw it here in my. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the where he's he talks about the Puerto Rican Spa- speaking Spanish mm-hmm. on the train, and he and he loves how much he loves Spanish, the sound of Puerto Rican Spanish, is like a flute solo. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then hearing multiple conversations on the on the subway, and um, and he does he does fake Spanish. You yeah. Know, he 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 makes up that fake Spanish, and, and he does it pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't. Really speak Spanish, but um, it's gibberish. But it always is the same gibberish sentence. Over, you know, it always yeah, starts yeah, yeah, the yeah. same. Um, and that reminded me of the, uh, of uh, you know Andy Kaufman doing um, Latka. Sure, it's foreign man. That's a good point. I right, hadn't thought about that. My character. first thought was
0: like Sid Caesar, who was just could make up any language. I didn't know about Sid Caesar. Yes, yeah, Sid right. Caesar grew up. His dad owned a restaurant, restaurant like a cafe in New York. And there were so many people from so many different parts of New York that he would just listen to them. And as a little kid, a precocious kid, he could do their accent to uh, them, yeah. their fake language to them, and they thought it was adorable. <laughs> and then, you know, thirty years later on TV, that's a, those are characters he would do: his fake German, his fake this, his fake oh, that. Oh, that's awesome! I gotta and this is that on out. par with that. Yeah, I think
1: I gotta I gotta check that out. It's brilliant. I love. Um, Uh, like YouTube videos, you can find lots of those like foreign people Mm -hmm. speaking in their gibberish version of what English like, that's the most fun one. Yeah. 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 There's that one Italian, like it's a variety show, like a musical performance from a variety show Mm -hmm. in the sixties, like mid to late sixties. And it's an, an entire choreographed pop song written in gibberish English with backup singers and backup dancers. And it's about five minutes long. Uh-huh. and it's all it's like in that Austin Powers style you uh-huh. know it's it's around that time but um the lyrics are something like and you can tell that nobody knows what the hell they're saying mm. but the lyrics are all like and the cones and a bullock it's so ridiculous but it's and then and then like all the backup oh, singers <laughs> are all very much synchronized and oh my god that's do, amazing can you, you, you all send it to you. do you put show notes together
0: yeah, you, yeah, do, yeah 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 oh my really god good. that's so good Wow. That's, that's one of those things you don't really get exposed to. I'm, I'm trying to get people to come on the show to who are natively speak other languages to kind of like, I need somebody who speaks Hebrew to do, like, I have this, this Israeli sketch group, two albums of theirs. Oh, that's fun. I need somebody who can tell me, I don't care if it's good or not, tell me what the jokes are. Uh-huh. I've got a German one. I think I've got a, maybe a Swedish one. I've got just a few. Like, I grab them whenever I can because uh-huh. I want to know. What the fuck is actually being said in these other languages? What's funny
1: in other languages? Yeah, that's a great. That's its own podcast. Yeah, like, I
0: know. I think, and it's hard because, like, it's like if if I appreciate a pun in another language, am I just a pretentious asshole? Like, kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, you but know, if, but only if you don't tell anybody what's that's funny about. True. It. That's a very good point. <laughs> um. The, uh, oh, I also should point out that this is the album. I was always under the impression for a long time that the seven words from the previous album is the one that got him in so much shit for FCC but I'd forgotten this is the one mm. so this version with, with his ten words officially the, the, it's seven but like still ten this is the one that got him in so much hot water
1: what were the three extra?
0: Fart, Turd, and Twat <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so stupid really? Fart? Fart yeah mm. ridiculous but I mean it's, fuck is still in the list so yeah you know. but
1: he had to like take one of the fucks off because Motherfucker is, right. is, okay, made a second appearance mm-hmm
0: And he technically took cocksucker out, I think. Did he? I think. I think he said that.
1: Yeah, he did. Do you think he he got tired of doing seven? He must have. He must. Because, I mean... being known for that.
0: What's weird is listening to this, like, I know seven words back and forward. Like, Mm -hmm. I've got it memorized. (laughs) Uh, This, he repeats some jokes in it, and the audience doesn't care. Like, they laugh like it's new. So, even though he literally wins the Grammy on this night was the audience just totally on board with anything you are saying or had some of them not heard the seven words did they just know Carlin? Yeah. And that's what I can't quite figure out. If hmm. this is like...
1: I think they probably know Carlin and they know or they know no both. They know the seven dirty words the seven mm-hmm. words and I think that's they're just okay with it. I guess so. It's like you know you hear your band play your favorite hit that's your true. favorite band play your favorite hits at a show.
0: There, I mean there's the different thing about stand-up where some people perceive it as being totally improvised and since it's so conversational I think people get annoyed if somebody repeats a joke where it's like I can't write a new joke every night thanks but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but I, it is I, weird to hear it on an album you know I mean I've got some you know there's a lady named Rusty Warren I have all 12 or 15 of her albums she repeats jokes 10 times throughout that whole series you know throughout a whole lifetime really and the audience doesn't give a fuck because yeah. they're drunk she's <laughs> swearing and s- singing dirty songs like yeah. that's it uh so I guess it's, if it's okay for her why not be okay for Carlin you know Sure but it's weird it's weird for me I saw Carlin live one time Oh man <laughs> God <laughs> when, when was this and how amazing was it
1: Uh it was when I was in high school and uh-huh. for my birthday my parents got me tickets it was at the Thousand Oaks Civic Auditorium um and I remember the jokes were blowing my mind so much that I started writing them down on my program <laughs> And one of them, I heard him perform on um, specials a couple of times, and it was like, in your own words, you know, it was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like, would you tell us in your own words? What does that mean in your own words? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, those aren't your words; those are somebody else's words. If you're saying it in your own words, it's. <laughs> uh, and then he and he says, um, if you're if you're, you're really using your own words, you say quite flando flurry or something yes. like yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah. okay you've yep. heard that joke yes right? i have i love it and uh i wrote phonetically i wrote down what it's quite flando flurry coup
0: what year is this about um 94
1: 95. 94
0: okay yeah. that's not a bad time i mean that's right at the beginning of angry carlin where again he's still doing that shit like that i like a lot yeah yeah
1: was it, there was a lot of silly stuff. I don't remember what I don't remember any other jokes from the evening, but it mm-hmm. was it was a solid uproarious set.
0: Did any of it seem particularly dark or no?
1: No, no I don't think so. No. It was what was going on? Clinton. Clinton was our president. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was a good time. Yeah, sure. Especially for comedians. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. You get to see him that young.
1: I did. It was, oh. and the other person I saw on that stage uh, was Bill Cosby. Really? Yeah. I I'm truly, sorry. I truly enjoyed that show. Of course but... you did.
0: Of course, of course. You didn't know better. <laughs> no,
1: I didn't know. I didn't. Nobody told
0: me. <laughs> so those are incredibly cool parents that are going to give you tickets to see George Carlin, though. Well,
1: I mean, yes, no yes. argument there. My yeah. parents are incredibly cool, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, And they knew that that's what I valued, you know. I didn't go and see shows or anything like that. I didn't go see music shows, so they knew that... I was a Monty Python nerd, so they knew that probably a ticket to Carlin was going to hit the spot.
0: That's good to notice, though. Like, they could (laughs) have, like... Maybe he would like a band. Maybe they're... And then Mm -hmm. get you just 94. What would have been the worst thing to go see?
1: Uh... Um, I don't know, was like Green Day out yet
0: in ninety four? Yeah, barely, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> or like a ticket to Lilith Fair. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would have been
0: amazing. I want to see photos of you that young at Lilith Fair. That would have mm-hmm. been fantastic.
1: The T shirt I wore all the time. I like had a Chili Peppers T shirt, Nirvana T shirt, and a, uh uh Lollapalooza T-shirt, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to Lollapalooza. My
0: older sister got me the T-shirt, and uh-huh. I wore it all the time,
1: all the time.
0: <laughs> Three band T-shirts I had—that's amazing. And were you? I, I'm assuming you were into
1: all the bands you were wearing the shirts for.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I did. I really did like the Chili Peppers. But then somebody told me, some—I was in a band and a couple with a couple of older guys—and they told me that Chili Peppers is commercial rock, and I should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> That's really corporate good. rock, not commercials. Corporate rock. I was like, what does corporate rock mean? They're doing it for the money. Of course they are.
0: Of course. I mean, they're famous, right? We know who the fuck they are. Oh my God. You know, when people talk about the chili pepper, I have nothing. I want to do a podcast. I mean, Scott Ackerman already did. No, no, yeah, he already did this where he had somebody explain fish to him. Somebody would have to take a whole podcast to explain chili pepper. <laughs> really? Yes. Because oh. I'm not from California. But then again, I've got a buddy from Indiana who's like, they changed my, my life for music. I'm like, how? I'm not judging it necessarily, like, uh, on, a, on its merits or otherwise. I just don't get it. Yeah. And we don't have I, to have that discussion now. Well, but.
1: no, I, the easy explanation for me is that if you're into, f- if you have a proclivity toward funk uh-huh. rhythms and patterns okay. and bass lines, then Chili Peppers is, like, the easiest way to get into get funk that. without listening to, like, Parliament mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Right.
0: Okay. That makes sense. No, that's the best explanation I've ever heard. (laughs) Okay. It it is. No, it is. Uh, Not that you have to justify your taste. I've only done that on this podcast once so far. Well,
1: I would never be able to understand fish, so I should listen to the Sagat Ackerman show. Oh, man, uh, apparently it's
0: amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, no, we already talked about that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Hmm. I can't read my own notes. That's really, really. You want great. to give
1: give that over here? Let's see if I can. Oh, do good
0: luck. Honestly, you would have so much. I, th- I think we've gone over the, the basics, the the pretentious shit that I was talking. Do you have besides the farts? Is there? Do you like have a favorite bit on this album?
1: Um. Well.
0: I mean, it can be the farts. It doesn't have to be besides the farts. I don't know why. I, made I don't that know.
1: I up. think that he's. I like the time. I like when he sings, and then he he mm-hmm. he sings the whole post raisin brand jingle like the whole thing <laughs> yeah, yeah and he says he want then the only reason the payoff is that he wanted to be in that commercial hanging out <laughs> in a bowl of flakes uh-huh. <laughs> and that's the payoff i don't think the joke goes beyond that except it that doesn't. he starts talking about uh commercials and and uh smoking grass and advertising agencies mm-hmm. uh, and then he gets into the swears um there's one. There's one joke where he's talking about the, the cliches that parents say to their kids, and it's the most. Uh, it's the most directly comparable to Louis C.K.'s, um, mm-hmm. you know, joke style, where where it's he's talking about get get down off there, you break your neck, you know, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't even. I wouldn't even be able to identify what the pattern or the cadence is that makes it sound so similar. But it's just clear how.
0: God, that's a good point.
1: How closely um, Louis C.K. sort of
0: referenced him, and mm-hmm. I have to imagine he's one of his biggest influences. I don't yeah. know, but I have to assume. Yeah, what well, he's never heard of. him? <laughs> I just I don't know who that is. Who who is that? That would be amazing. Yeah, uh, just to troll some interviewer
1: <laughs> who's like, "Are you a fan of?"
0: That? I I I I love. I think the voices are probably my favorite part of the whole. Thing. I agree. You know, really good voices. There's more voices in this than I mean. There's a lot in Class Clown too. I don't know if you've heard all of Class Clown. It is very good, but I decided not to pick it because we've talked about it five times. <laughs> Have the show, you, yes, like literally five. Yeah, episodes? I, four or five. At least at least four. <laughs> Uh, people pick it all the time. Oh, well, you know, that was the one that influenced me the most. I'm like, well, I can't really fault you. Yeah. Okay. But I've talked
1: about it It's a nice to get times. a different take on it. It is. It oh, is. Yeah. And
0: it's a totally different take, specifically on some of the same jokes, which is kind of fun. Right.
1: I, I also liked... I like where he lists out, like, long series of names of things. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, names of the gangs. Yes. Names of the duo bands. Mm-hmm. And he's got this encyclopedic memory for... Listing out like twenty or twenty-five names in a series of mm-hmm. of, um, of these things, uh, I learned I learned that the girlfriends of gang members in his day were called Debs Debs, that's right. Yep, <laughs> didn't know that. I learned that in 1973, uh, a scumbag was a guy and a douchebag was a girl.
0: Yes, right. Yep, heard that.
1: Mm-hmm. This guy jerking me off. This scumbag <laughs> is jerking me off. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like the 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 three kinds of asses: one, two, and C. Uh
0: huh.
1: <laughs> there's the fat ass, and he goes off on the fat ass a bit. Look at the guy in the tweed overcoat over, and a fat ass over there. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and there's the regular ass, and then there's the unfortunates, which is which he admits to being. Cause mm-hmm. a,
0: what does he say uh, about the pants? Like, how do how do you keep those pants on? it's <laughs> yeah, kind bit.
1: of a straight line from the shoulder to the heels.
0: <laughs> There's... I don't know how... Uh, everything is so seamless, too. Although, I don't know if the track you that I sent you did the same on your phone, but it seemed to, like, bump around a bit. Like, it seemed weirdly edited, so I'm wondering if the track I got is fucked up.
1: But it dipped it dipped out a few times, times right? but only
0: in a way... I assumed that was only how
1: the album was I think it out.
0: probably isn't, because I got this as a digital version of somebody else's vinyl because I was in a hurry, uh, mm-hmm. um, and my fucking record player's not working. But um yeah so i was okay good so it did the same thing for you so i do assume it was like kind of like track by track but either other either way he just the segues are ridiculous like they just they don't i they can be some of them total non sequiturs seemingly but he can go from talking like about again about cultural appropriation to the types of asses that people <laughs> yeah. have and he does it so smoothly he does That's well practiced i'm sure uh, mm-hmm.
1: just a just a gift Man, I'm sad he's gone. Are you sad he's gone? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That made me very sad. Like, I, I, there are not a lot of people who have died in entertainment where I've genuinely felt sad. But he's yeah, one of to maybe four or five.
1: I remember the day was on... I mean, how, do you know what year he died? 2008. Okay, so Twitter was fairly new. Mm-hmm. So it was... Mm-hmm. I do remember hearing about it on Twitter and yeah.
0: just being completely crushed. Mm-hmm. Early Twitter death. I don't remember how I... F- Found I had to have been around. I want to say it was around New Year's. I feel like it was around New Year's because I remember a lot of people. And then I, I had a friend say, "Hey, but at least we've still got Bill Maher And I just ignored their comment. Oh no! It was just so hard. It's and I'm a like, terrible thing to say. Don't don't no 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 no. I knew back then. I think some of us all. Some of us knew. <laughs> Bill Maher's that guy. Um, yeah, that was a horrible thing to say. Yeah, I don't know. And on, did you hear? Did you hear Carlin's last his final album, Mm-mm. which I mean they released posthumously, but. And I bought it, obviously, because he was dead. And I hadn't listened to any of his recent albums in forever. But it's so good. Mm. Of course, anytime there's any joke about death or anything, you're like, whoa. It's, it's like there's a part of your brain that's, like, way too reverential of that shit. But it really is a very good album. Like, it, it's a good way to tie the, the whole thing up. Mm. There's some very hopeful stuff in it, which is what I hoped for. I was like, oh, please be something I'm, I can latch on to. And there's some really hopeful, good stuff in it. It's a good album. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's worth it. It's worth listening to. Even if even if you're like me, you don't like his Latter-day stuff. I tend not to. Although I'm going to have to go and revisit them all at some point.
1: Carlin is one of those people I think I'm glad doesn't know about our current political situation. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Him and David Foster Wallace, uh-huh, I think uh-huh. they would
0: both be sort of broken by it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. I mean, they're way stronger. Sure. But. but we don't have... I don't like to be too reminiscent about these things, but we i don't know that there's a comedy voice like carlin is right. there am i missing somebody there are people who could be yeah uh
1: louis ck gets there every once mm-hmm. in a while yeah you know mostly on just like
0: late night sure yeah he'll, he'll he'll drop some 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 truth but david cross does it but he he so infrequently does comedy that uh-huh. or at least that i get to see did you see his netflix special though uh-uh. oh fuck it's heartbreaking. Really? Yes. Well, because the stuff that he he has the guts to act out really horrible awful things it is forcing you to think about something you don't want to think about. Oh, yeah. A lot of it was about gun death and he's oh. just acting this whole thing out and just oh, no. oh, yeah. Oh god, it's chilling, but so good because he's got a good point to make. I, I, maybe he's he might be the closest I can think of, but he's angrier. Oh, he's always been angry. He's yeah. never not been angry,
1: David Cross. Mm. He didn't go through like a Smothers Brothers
0: phase. <laughs> 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 that would have been amazing if he'd have started out as like a, a light rock um, musician early on and then that was kind of part of his act. And then eventually just, just went balls to the wall insane. I, lo- I love his early stuff, but I think that's also built for somebody who was in their 20s or early 30s listening to it at yeah. the time. It's perfect for that. Henderson
1: Valley eggs, you're gonna love our eggs. <laughs>
0: That's my favorite David Crosby of all time. You know, I've been waiting to do more of his albums on on my show because he's got a plenty that are on vinyl now. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. We had to do. I had to do Adam Sandler the other day because I found out that one of his songs was released on vinyl as a forty five, and I'm like, well, I have no, I can't excuse it away anymore. What song? Uh, Lunch Ladyland, which is a great song. It's a great fucking song. So that
1: that album was seminal to. they're all gonna laugh at
0: you. Yeah. That was seminal to me in my youth. Yeah, it was to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, you had to be of a right. When did it come out? Ninety three. So, yeah, you had to be of the right age. Although I think that range range for dudes might be from like eleven to twenty something. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a big range. Did you? Did anybody ever do Jerky Boys on your show? I'm so, okay. I'm really surprised nobody has. And the thing is, I think there was a, some kind of weird vinyl release of theirs, <laughs> and I'm afraid to touch on that because that is. Uh, I say some no a lot of people have mentioned it and I've skirted it (laughs) same as I did with Sandler until the other day I'm like I really want this guy on my podcast so Mm -hmm. we'll talk Sandler because I'm not going to not have him on my show Uh, but yeah if somebody like that I really liked wanted to talk about Jerky Boys at this point I'd have to sure it might be fun to listen to it could be horrible super i don't know are they homophobic like i what kind of stuff have, i've never heard a jerky boys thing you've never listened to it i don't think so yeah. i might have heard one track accidentally like in the early days of stealing music like maybe oh yeah
1: um <laughs> yeah it was definitely very broish but i don't even know i don't even know if there's any explicitly hom, hom- homophobic okay. stuff there's okay. definitely at least subtle like light touch um but, you know, even Carlin gets into a little bit of that in, yes. in this album. He talks about the etymology. Uh, you know, he talks about, I don't want to say the words because uh-huh. they're horrible, hurtful words, but, you know, a few different words that sort of indicate that mm-hmm. concept.
0: Yeah. And, uh, huh. <laughs> well, I mean, its he's talking about it. Just purely about the words, and he's doing. Maybe he's one of the first guys to be like, "Hey, well, when when we were young, this meant uh, yeah, you're it just didn't a even silly mean sex. It didn't it mean just, anything." It and it's mean, like, um, but he might have been one of the first guys to say that. And it doesn't. When maybe I'm being too partial. Maybe I'm giving too much credit. It doesn't sound like he's excusing it. Hmm. Uh There. That said, he does move on from it. Yeah. Well, the queer was a guy you you beat up. Uh, who wouldn't come down and beat, down to the city and help you beat up f words? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like and. I I know he's not a guy who would go do that then. <laughs> right. He's not a 30, but I guess maybe I'm too sensitive and I expect some sort of <laughs> apology one way or another. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like and by From the way, estate. don't beat up homosexuals. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I don't know what I'm expecting in that, but it's might be that might be the worst offender on the whole thing.
1: Definitely. Well he doesn't excuse it any more than he excuses like you know, beating up anybody in sure. his youth. That's true. I don't yeah. think he's trying to justify it. No. No, no, no. Trying to think who was that. There was a maybe like Dino Stamatopoulos or some late night comedy person or writer. Uh huh. I can't remember who it was. It was, a, it was a man who early on, writing for Conan or something, wrote a joke where the punchline was, you know, that, that F word. Uh huh. Or they put it in the joke. Okay. And. Uh, his younger staff of writers mm-hmm. had gotten in gotten in front of him and said we don't this is not a good thing to do This was before um a lot of the more uh socially conscious you know awareness around these issues sure, like, sure. i'd say you know like even five years ago i don 't think we were as conscious about no. it as we are now um but i I do remember uh i, I saw an interview with him about it and i don 't I wish I remember who who it was but they they did they they got in front of him about it and said we don't we don't like this and he said well I don't get it I don't understand what your problem with it is that's not the maybe it was uh you know who it was Robert Smigel. Okay,
0: that doesn't shock me yeah, at all yeah. not at all
1: and he said well you know whatever I mean I don't I don't agree with you but whatever like mm-hmm. fine we'll take it out and then it wasn't until a few years later that he kind of Remembered this and understood the point of what they were saying. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that, I hadn't heard that story. Mm-hmm. That rings completely true. I mean, it makes complete sense because no, I love Robert Smigel. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, he even contributed one of the dumber but very funny Adam Sandler songs <laughs> about. The shampoo bottle. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I, like what, that's unspo- I, like I can't I not laugh at that. Remember being a teenager and looking at the
1: shampoo bottle and just thinking, like, how is that? How does that work mechanically? <laughs> what are the,
0: the logistics? Are the instructions on the shampoo bottle? <laughs> but he's, it's, you know, so many people. Well, it. it he was also young, writing dumb shit for young, dumb people. You know what I mean? I'm not insulting people who like Adam Sandler. I've gotten over that that I'm fine with that, but yeah. like, or, or even young. I mean, it's Conan. I mean, like that was my shit when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to realize that com- comedy writers were young, too, and sometimes writing when they're right out of college. Yeah. I would have been the shittiest comedy writer. I mean, I was writing stuff for myself at 22, uh-huh. but not anybody else professionally.
1: I wrote... When I was in college, I wrote for one issue of the NYU um, comedy humor magazine. Really? Called The Plague. Uh-huh. And I might have even told this story on the last time I was I don't was think there. so. Okay, good. <laughs> um, anyway, I wrote on one one issue of it, and it was like... It was a really hard work, and I, and it, and I felt great about it, too. hmm We did the whole episode... Or, sorry. We did the whole issue as a... Um, like a Tiger Beat magazine kind of thing <laughs> and I designed the cover and um wrote a lot of the jokes and then the I was a freshman at the time and the upper classmen who were the editors like they were they were stoked on me being there so they asked they asked if I would come back to help with the next issue and then there was this weird there was just like a weird political thing where then they decided In the interim, that they didn't want me to be there, Uh so I just kind of like never went back. What the hell? Um, And that was that would be my only experience of writing, uh, you know, quote unquote professionally. Yeah, writing comedy professionally.
0: Wow. Yeah, as a young person, that's funny. Was it good? Have you looked? Do you have it? Have you looked back on it? No,
1: no. I mean, it wasn't good because it was like late '90s, sort of like dark, you know, like sex in a clown suit kind of like it was <laughs> uh-huh. called the plague so it was yeah, like supposed yeah. to it was like shock and awe based comedy it mm-hmm. wasn't clever it wasn't sure. funny it was just like what dark comedy what darkness can we get away okay. with okay
0: yeah that's not my cup of tea right 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 that's interesting i wonder if i could manage i could have managed that probably not i don't know if i could have handled that the pressure <laughs> would have been too much uh, even though you're about around a bunch of other 20 year olds who don't know what the fuck they're doing it's yeah. so funny. I, I have a book of, I know we're off topic a little bit, but I have a book of um, Harvard Lampoon mm-hmm. writings that just came out. And uh, I, a few of the guys who wrote in it, I know. And I'm like, hey, I picked this up because I saw that your name was in there. So they like, oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a piece of shit. Like, they know. They're like, I was like, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I mostly like reading it. you would be like, oh, I was a better writer at 20 than this. I was a better writer at 20 uh-huh. than this. Not better than that. Like, you know, it's kind of interesting, the level of writing. They can make the book because there are names like Conan O'Brien with stuff in it. Yeah. But it's Conan O'Brien at 20. Uh-huh. So it's fine. But, yeah. Everybody's young. Don't forget that. Sure. Um, well, I don't want to... Uh, oops. I don't want to keep you much longer. No, we're good. Okay. Um What time is it? It's I don't five. know. It it's is five. five. So... How long are these episodes? 45 for? to an hour. We've been going for about 45 minutes. Great. So... You just heard this album for the first time. Was it today? You heard it for the first time? You Just before we... Okay, so it's super fresh in your head. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of was for me, too. I was listening to it walking up to the building. (laughs) Um, So why recommend this album? Would you recommend people listen to this album if they haven't heard Carlin before? If they haven't heard Carlin before? Do you think it's a good example of Carlin? And if not, do you have another endorsement for it?
1: This is a strange answer, but I would recommend watching Carlin before you listen to Carlin. Okay. Because then if you know what carlin looks like and and his perf- his expressions when he performs yeah. then you can then sort of project all that onto him when you listen to him you yeah. know you know all of his faces that he makes and all of his motions when you when you hear an album that's kind of a fiercely anti album thing to say though no but
0: i like that i th- i th- i think it makes sense for him cuz i don't know what i pictured before because I probably heard the albums before I saw him.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't think I knew he had a slight underbite. All these little things, <laughs> little things about him that I found interesting. Um, that's a good point. Because it, it, he's very like you can see it on the cover of some of these albums. The faces he's making. Those, he yeah. does literally make those faces on stage. Yeah. Um, and they add to the voices he does. Um, and he's very mobile on stage too. He's mm-hmm. walks
1: around a lot. Yeah. A lot of props. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of funny hats. He does the thing with the arrow through his head. <laughs> he plays the banjo. Mm-hmm. It's really. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. He plays the guitar with his brother, Dick. It's great. Yeah. Oh, and it's, the watermelon. <laughs> the watermelon. Yeah. What, what, how could I forget that? Uh, also, he's black. I don't know what comedian <laughs> he's that's supposed to be, but he's black now. <laughs> that's the only other thing I can think to say. Um, Ethel Merman. <laughs> So, this is going to come out in God knows how many weeks. So <laughs> Never. We're just talking into a It may never come out, yeah. Okay. Um, but great. let's presume it comes out. Where can people find you? Uh, do you want them to find you? Uh, is there anything to promote? Is there any crazy products that you're doing ads for that you can talk about? <laughs> um,
1: no, we did a funny one for a cannabis thing that's re- that's going to come out really? soon. And I'm very excited for people to see it.
0: Really? Yeah. For a company that distributes... Da- like what? A can't, you can't in the say, cannabis. Space. Okay, you yeah. can't say. All right, can't damn say. it, son of
1: a bitch. But it's 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 funny. I, I Are like, you in it? I like our approach. No, no, no. you're not in that one. I, I sort of like. At the end of the day, I stuck myself in a shot just to do a cameo. But it's <laughs> way too bizarre. Uh-huh. It's way too much of a non sequitur for me to just suddenly appear in this thing. So, okay. it's and there was yeah, and I, I was <laughs> so there's that. I'm it's uh, my company is Sandwich Video. Um, We make commercials mostly for tech. Um, Website is sandwichvideo.com. I can be found on Twitter where I mostly just read news about Trump and the decline of our society. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't post. So if you want to see (laughs) the things that I see, Mm -hmm. go to my Twitter account at Adam Lussigore. All right. I believe that's all I have to promote. You Sure. Oh, and also MeUndies and (laughs) (laughs) Casper Mattresses. Yeah, Casper, and also Tommy John's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Underpants, (laughs) which are my favorite podcast underpants.
0: (laughs) That could be a podcast in and of itself. My favorite podcast underpants. (laughs) I like the sound of it very, very much. I Uh, wanted
1: to do a... um, I had an idea for a podcast I would do called Sponsored Reads, mm -hmm. and, and all it would be would... It would only be sponsored reads where mm-hmm. I would read ads for sponsors, <laughs> and then interstitials where I would talk about other things around the recording of those episodes of or <laughs> of, of those sponsorship reads. But mm-hmm. I, that would be it, and I don't know whether I would sell any sponsorships right. for it. Yeah, that's hard.
0: Probably not. What you have to do is, yeah, that's the hard part. If the if the interstitial stuff was you reviewing tech, let me tell you, you can get free tech sure you know this. You can get free tech real easy. Oh, that's pretty Startups cool. Startups will just give you shit.
1: Yeah. Did you? These are nice. These Zooms. These are not bad. I, I wish
0: didn't... I got these for free. Oh, yeah. lies. I, I got that. I bought that one myself that you're holding. Yeah. Uh, but a gentleman uh, sort of an angel investor of sorts got me this and two Shore mics. So at home got a nicer setup you know
1: that's fine that's fantastic a lot of money what angel of of venture did
0: this he's a very nice gentleman named dan schlissel who runs stand-up records out of minneapolis what a cool dude he likes my podcast and he's the reason Uh, i'm still sticking to vinyl because he's he gave me some shit about it and uh, i'm like oh you're right you should be giving me shit about this what a good what a good solid dude a patron of the arts absolutely right you know you never think that kind of thing's gonna happen but dan schlissel dan schlissel Schlissel. very Uh, nice super cool dude Good on you, Dan. And he's distributed albums by... Like, he's the first guy to put Lewis Black on a fucking CD. Like, hmm. he he produced his first album, I think. The, wow. Yeah. 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 Nice guy. Uh, well, guys, um, this has been fun. You can... Uh, by the time this comes out, I'll still be doing my comedy album a day thing. Hopefully, I'll be caught up by then. I'm several days behind at this point, but I'm trying. Um, and I think I had something else to promote, but I can't remember what it was. Um... That's Oh, you know what? Uh, that is something. Uh, my comedy album from 2001 called Shoestrings will probably be re-released by the time this comes out. Go to danandj.com. You can find it there if it's out. If it's not out, I don't know what to tell you. Um, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for doing the show. Again. Thank you for having me. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com comedyonvinyl Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new stand-up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast.